Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. <laughs> Chris is here to answer all your questions. She's had over 30 years experience helping families across Australia and it's everything from bringing a newborn home, feeding questions, uh, sleep and settling. We get a lot of those. Yeah. Chris has helped a lot of people. So if you would like to be helped by Chris, you've got a number of ways you can reach out to her. So if you're watching us live, via Facebook you can pop your comment below the video if you're watching live you can also call us the number is 1-800-543-772 and if you're listening via the podcast the best way to get in touch is to email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au so there are all the ways you can get in touch and we may start out with answering some emails right this is from Kate our three and a half year old has always been a good sleeper with good routine and relatively good eating since our second baby has arrived she wakes early in the morning and comes into our room wanting us to sleep in her room we also have to stay with her at night and during the day while she falls asleep she says she's scared of the dark and we've tried night lights rewards monster sprays like the idea of that and hunts to no avail how can we get her to sleep without us and stop nighttime visitations oh i think this is just because there's been a disruption in the house with a new baby coming and um you know, if she's up all day, she's not taking a day sleep and it doesn't say she does, then I think this, that most kids, regardless of what's going on in the house, at some point tell you that they're scared of the dark. And I actually think that for most kids, it's just that they want a little bit of one-on-one attention, a little bit of time. Now, all parents will scream, we give her time, but her perception is she's not getting enough. So if you're meeting her needs right through... um the day and you're giving her some time and attention and you're reading a story at the end of the day, then I think, and you've been trying all these other things to get her to sleep through, I think it's now that you can sort of sit down and explain to her, we're not going to do that now. So mummy's not going to sit on your bed and if you come into our room, then we will walk you back to your room, but we're not staying because obviously she wants you to stay there. So make sure that you meet some of her needs in the day in terms of some one-on-one because when a little baby comes into our life, it really disrupts everything and that little baby needs lots of time and attention. Make sure she, the baby goes to sleep before she goes to sleep. So if we get our baby down about 7 o'clock, um, then she sort of has this little bit of time with mum and dad where it's just the three of you and that's certainly going to help. Then when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, you've got to remind her about what the rules are. So mummy's going to give you a kiss and a cuddle. We're going to pop, pop you into bed. I can leave the door open for you um, with a soft light on in the hallway. But if you come out, I'm going to put you back in your bed again. And then, you've so you've told her everything that's going to go on. And then she'll say, I need to go to the toilet. I need a drink of water. I need one more hug. And all these needs. So make sure you've met all the needs before she goes to bed so that you can be sort of firmish about, oh, no, now it's bedtime. And I think this is just re-teaching um, her how to stay in her bed again. And it'll take a little while, about four or five days, but I'm sure in the end it will come together. So just be really clear about what your boundaries are. Tell her before she goes to bed. So don't tell her as she's going to bed because that's not fair. And then stick to it. And I think you'll find that over a week or so she will settle down and she'll sleep much better. All right. Well, good luck with that, Kate. We've got Rhiannon on the line. She has a 22-month-old. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? 
I'm good, thank you. And I want to say thank you for all your advice over the last 12 months in relation to sleep. Every bit has worked. Oh, once, thank you. I'm not actually calling about sleep because we have no issues with that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm so, great about that. So what what, you, what would you like to ask Chris today, Rhiannon? Well, I'm just trying to make sure, um, obviously we're having the typical toddler behaviour with dinner time. Yep. And I'm just wanting to make sure what I am trying to implement is developmentally okay for yeah. his uh, age. So we obviously, he is a pretty good eater as long as you give him what he wants. Um, <laughs> Perfect. On, on, day, on daycare days, I usually make his favourite foods because it's yeah. a daycare day and it's we're tough tired. Um, but on other days, I'm really trying to push a bit more vegetables um, yep. into him. Um, so usually what I do is I do plain vegetables um, on every meal, never touches them. I always put two little bits of something he does like, and I know he will eat. Yep. And then something new. Now he'll obviously, obviously eat the bits that he, he likes, likes, and then he will demand more of that. And okay. he will sometimes throw a tantrum because he's still hungry. Yep. Like he'll go to the fridge, he'll go to the cupboard, going more, more, more. The more. And I'm like, the no. If you need to have a bit of this, if you're still hungry, there's this. Um, if he if he doesn't, I just finish dinner. And if he keeps asking for more food, I keep offering him the dinner that he had. Yeah. Um, but I'm just minding make sure he's only 22 months that he is developmentally there to understand that... I think, I think you're doing okay. Mm, I, th- it, I think you're very strong. I think you're, you're setting the right ground rules down and he's pushing and you're pulling. And I think the configuration of the food is right, that you put in a yep. bit of veggie, a bit of something you know he'll eat and maybe something that's new on the plate. Yep. Do you sit down and eat with him at that time? We... We look. We try. Um, yeah. Whenever we're we're home, we do do family dinners. We go out for dinners whenever we um, like out to restaurants. Yep. He's actually he's actually more behaved out yeah. than he is at home. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but on some days where um, you know my partner's not home till after six, we yeah. tried to move dinner time, but I found he was getting too tired. tired. Yeah. Um, so so if, that didn't work either. So yeah. we we try, but it might be only one or twice a week that he gets a proper family meal. Okay, so on the other days when, when you're at home with him to give him dinner, what I would do is sit down with a little plate of the same thing on on, and you're sort of eating a very small yep. version of it just to mimic the behaviour that you're looking for. That would be one. Yep. I'd only try the veggies once a day and yep. more commonly in the evening um, and yep. make his lunches a little bit more fun and a little bit more interactive, like yeah, wraps lunches, and sandwiches. Lunches nev, yeah, lunch is never an issue. Okay, like it's just the dinner. Fruit. It's just, it's veggies. If I put, I have a kid that won't eat a pea but loves smoked salmon and avocado. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of those kids out there. Um, Very sophisticated. So the second thing I would do if all those things are in place is, do you give him afternoon tea? Yes, but I try to um, obviously make it quite small yeah. and don't let it, if he hasn't eaten it by three o'clock, then it, it goes. Because mm, yeah. um, he's still obviously on one nap, so yeah. he has lunch about 11.30, between 11.30, 12, and it's a big gap between that and dinner, and he's starting okay. to figure out where so all the let's, snacks are and Let's push these out a little bit to, yep. to make him a bit. So let's start giving him lunch at 12 and putting him down at 12.30, even if you wiggle him out to that. So give yeah, him Oh, yeah, he goes down at 12.30. He's just a bit of a um, slow eater sometimes. So uh, Okay, so try giving him breakfast, no yep. morning tea, lunch yep. at 12. Yep. Go down at 12.30, sleep till about 2-ish, 2, 2.30. Give him water and bring yep. dinner much earlier. So almost okay. bring dinner to 4.30. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. We'll try that. Then okay. yep. only put two veggies on his plate. Yep. And put them down first and you eat yep. off his plate. So there might okay. be, you know, I don't know, a piece of corn, two pieces of corn and some peas and you eat off his plate. And then add the rest to it, like the bit you know he'll eat plus the bit that you're trying to introduce. And see if we can slow the process but bring it earlier. So one of the things I learned when I worked in England is they feed their children at 4.30 in the afternoon, but they don't give them afternoon tea and they yep. eat better. So that it's like they spread it out. They have dinner at 4.30, which doesn't it's not really conducive here in Australia, and then they do dessert at 6 or 6.30. Um, yep. And sometimes I try this just to get them to initiate the eating and then I push it back out to where it's meant to be. So I go yep. back to giving him the afternoon tea and then pushing his dinner out to about 5.30. So I think if we can draw it in a little bit, um, you yep. might have more success. The, new, the veggies put down and both eat off the plate and then add the rest of the meal in and see if we can get him. So if you can get him to eat two veggies, you're doing really well. Okay, yeah, so well, we don't I need the variety. Last night, veggie, he actually like he actually like mushrooms last night, and I was like, all right, well, okay, yeah, an odd one, but we'll go through with it. Oh yeah, well, corn, this is a... corn's another really good mm. one, and maybe yeah, potato. He, he he loved corn, and then we went away for a week, and he didn't get it for a week, and now he refuses to eat it. Oh yeah, God, God love him, toddlers. <laughs> They're love sent them. to test you. Oh yeah, so, have and, a go and with that. It's frustrating at daycare. They go, oh, he had vegetable soup or pumpkin soup. Like, all right, I'll make it for him. And he goes, nah, no, I'm not eating No, he, he eats in the in the social world, but he doesn't eat at home. But if he's eating yes. in the social world, you'll know he can do it. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I do believe he is. It's a behavioural thing. Yeah, yeah. Testing. He's just testing, um, the, testing the waters. And I also just a quick question. So we're still obviously um, before like uh, wind down, he still gets a cup of milk. It's not in a bottle yeah. or anything. It's in a, in a cup. We sit there and read stories while he has it. What age should I be trying to phase that out? He quite enjoys his milk. You don't um, have to. He, he'll give it up. He'll give it up himself. A cup of milk Great. before bed. He'll You'll just drink less and less and play with it and then he won't want it. So I think you can go with that for quite a while. Great. That's brilliant. Yeah, he loves it way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rhiannon, thank you for your call and I hope it works with the food. Good luck. Pleasure. Great. Thank you for your help. Thanks. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Our next question comes from Rosie on email. I have listened to a lot of the Feed Play Love podcasts, but can't seem to find anything quite so specific to my question. So I'm hoping you're able to help. Our baby boy is four months old on the 12th of October and has well and truly hit the four-month sleep regression progression. We'll call it a progression. Yes, We we like to call it a progression. Um, This is the fourth week of disrupted sleep. Prior to this, he had started to sleep very well. 
well. He would have Ooh. four naps a day, one big one, one and a half hours, and a 45-minute nap in the a.m. and then a longer sleep, two to two and a half hours, around 1 p.m., and then another 45-minute nap later in the afternoon. I've Perfect. been very conscious of making sure the majority of his big naps happen at home in his own bed. In between sleeps, he's happily awake for about one and a half hours. Bedtime, feed, bath, feed, bed. Ooh. Is 6.30 p.m. and then has a dream feed at 10.30 p.m. and would sleep through to anywhere between 5 to 7 a.m. For all sleeps, we would swaddle, hum a song, use white nose and lay him down awake and aware. He would go off to sleep by himself and generally wouldn't need resettling. But this was all with the help of a dummy just for sleeps, which he has had since he was around three weeks old. He has a very strong sucking desire. I have been wanting to stop using the dummy as a sleep crutch before we got to six months old. But now I feel is the time to make the break, but I'm worried about doing so in such a young baby. In his current progression. He is now waking every 45 minutes to an hour overnight every night. And I'm lucky to get him to nap for more than 30 to 45 minutes in the day, even with resettling. He basically will not go to sleep without the dummy in his mouth and he is constantly pulling it out or spitting it when asleep. I should also mention that we have stopped swaddling him in the last couple of weeks as he has rolled a number of times from his front to his back and vice versa. So I was concerned about keeping him swaddled, but I wish I could. He's very unsettled at night, especially tossing and turning and just seems unable to relax his body and switch off. He'll try lying on his side, thumping his legs up and down, thrashing his head and flapping his arms. I'm getting a maximum one hour sleep at a time and in getting to the point of sleep deprived despair. That's really tough. I try and give comfort via patting, shushing, sometimes picking up and cuddling before I give the dummy back, but he will not go to sleep or settle without it unless he's being held, but will wake up and cry as soon as I lie him down again without the dummy. I therefore haven't persevered with this approach as not sure adding a cuddle to sleep is a good idea at this stage. A few other details. In the day, he's generally a very happy and relaxed baby. He's breastfed with one bottle of express milk given by dad for his dream feed. He is in his own co-sleeping cot in the bedroom with me and my husband. If you could suggest a course of action, I would be most grateful. Do we just persevere with the current way of things until he hopefully gets through the progression? Or can we start to address the dummy issue now, as I fear he will not be able to self-settle without it, even when the progression comes to its natural end? Okay. So, all sounded really good till four months. Mm. At four months, he becomes a lot more alert and aware. And I think what's happened here, in actual fact, is too much has gone on too quickly. So, sleeping quite well, hits the four months, really alert and aware, wakes up after 45 minutes. And in the interim, in the same period, you've taken the dummy away and unwrapped him. So I think there's just been too much for him to cope with. So I'm not sure why you're worried about the dummy because the dummy was actually working in the most perfect way for you. But now it's all catapulting into this little fellow who's now a little bit out of control. So I think you have to go back a couple of steps to go forward. So the first thing and the more unusual thing is the waking at 45 minutes over the night because usually when we see this alertness in the baby, they wake up in the day at 45 minutes and they might wake up slightly earlier overnight, but they don't wake up multiple times overnight. And the reason that they wake up multiple times is because the last feed of the day, they're too tired to feed properly. So they're constantly hungry overnight. 
So I think you've got about three or four different things happening all under this umbrella of, oh, he's four months old and, oh, I saw him roll. And I think we have to go back and reset him a little bit. So the first thing I would do is you need to get him to have more sleep in the day because I suspect at the end of the day, at the 6 o'clock feed, 6, 6.30 feed, he's not feeding efficiently enough to get him between that and the dream feed bottle right through the night and sleeping better. That's, that's one part of it. The second thing is you've taken his arms out, so now he has, and the dummy away, and so now his body's moving all over the place and he can't still the body in order to lay still enough to go to sleep. Plus, you took the dummy away. So the dummy would be the most obvious thing that would still his body because if you could put the dummy in, usually they're calm and relaxed so their body relaxes and allows them to go to sleep. But now, because you've taken the arms out, the dummy's going out and being flung across the whole cod. And this is all getting so chaotic. Personally, myself, I would go back to wrapping him in the day to give him better sleep. And by getting better sleep, he then would be able to sleep much better for you at night because sleep pertains sleep. And there's not a lot of babies at four months, but there are babies at four months that are rolling over and over and over, which is the rolling that we need to get their arms out. So you need to ask yourself, is he predominantly rolling from front to back, which doesn't make a difference in his sleep because we put him down on his back, or is he actually truly going from back to front, which is the one where we would take his arms out and in that case what I would do is go if he's truly rolling from back to front constantly I would take one arm out and give him one arm back in again just to stabilize him a little bit until he gets used to that one arm out and then I'd put the second arm out and that'll probably take about a week so I think we have to give him back a few things before we start taking them all away and we're going to do them one at a time. So I would go back to giving him the dummy. I'd put one arm back in just to see if we can anchor him a little bit and go back to putting him at the bottom of the cot and tucking him in with a little sheet and that'll stabilise him so that he can go to sleep. Let him get used to this one arm flapping about. Some people put a snuggly in there. And then if he drops the dummy, if he pulls the dummy out, give him a couple of minutes before you go back in, put the dummy in and give him another little pat. Once he's calmer with that one arm out, then I'd get the second arm out. And, and then once you've got the two arms out, then I'd get rid of the dummy. Okay, so we're going to slow it down. I think it all just happened really quickly for him. And then you should get your sleep at night back. He needs more sleep in the day, so we need to do some resettling on your morning sleep and your afternoon sleep so that he's not tired by the 6, 6.30 feed so he feeds effectively and the combination of that and the dream feed should get you much better sleeps at night. So I know there's a lot going in on and when we get you know big emails like this where there's lots going on, what you have to do is step back, write down the things that have changed and, and then do them one at a time instead of doing them all at the one time and see if that settles all this behaviour down. Mm. And also you can always come back. Yeah, and tell us which bit worked and then we'll, we'll tweak it again for you because there's, there's so much going on for him in that little email. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have another email and this is from Gemma. Um, Thanks so much for all your help in the past with my daughter's sleep. I'm proud to say that she is now a wonderful sleeper and I attribute that to your excellent advice. Oh, that's fantastic. So you can even do it over the radio. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm struggling with now is food. 
My daughter is nearly two years old and she's becoming more and more fussy with eating. She was an okay eater until she was one when she started to feed herself. But now she basically lives on fruit, yogurt, cheese and bread. Dinner is always the worst meal as this usually consists of more meat and veg than the other meals. And she sometimes will lick the food. But more often than not, she will just refuse and use her karate arms to block any of our attempts to feed her. So then I give in and give her yogurt, fruit, cheese or bread. Ah. I'm obviously making the problem much worse, but I'm too afraid to send her to bed hungry and risk having a terrible night's sleep. What would be your plan of attack to stop this terrible cycle from continuing and to help us all have more enjoyable meal times? Would you recommend a multivitamin to help with any nutritional gaps? That's from Gemma. Two-year-olds are pretty healthy because they sort of feed themselves up for two years and then they go into what I call the bear effect where I'm only eating something and they hibernate for the next year. So the really good news is by three, she should be eating again. The bad news is you've got a year of this. But I think she's the smartest little two-year-old on the block because she has worked out, if I just hold off and push you back, you will give me what I want. And you have those in the house, so you give them to them. And then there's this great fear that they're going to starve to death, apparently, in a 12-hour window. No, you've got to not play the game. So there's two things I would do with her, if you can. And one is sit down with her and eat with each meal. I'd put the meal in the middle. So she's in a high chair and you're on a chair and there's just a plate of sandwiches. And then you take a sandwich off and eat it. And then put a sandwich there for her. This is her lunch. Uh, it could be frittata. It could be quiche. It could be little meatballs. It could be whatever you're trying to get her to eat. I'd feed her. This is similar to the other one. But I would feed her breakfast, lunch and dinner. And give her water during the day. But I wouldn't necessarily give her a snack during the day. And I'd bring her meals a little bit closer. So maybe give her breakfast at 7 and lunch at 11.30, 12. And dinner at 4.35. If you can if you're not at work and she's not at daycare. And then I wouldn't play any games. So uh, similar to the last person who was talking, on that plate or in that meal should be things that you're trying to give her to get her to eat. And with her hands is still appropriate. She should be able to use a, a fork and a spoon. So I'd certainly have those there. And uh, something you know she eats might be a bit of pasta or a bit of chicken. Um, and then something maybe you want to introduce that's new. And then I'd literally put it in the middle of the table and say to her, what, what are you going to eat? And meanwhile, I'm putting the broccoli on my plate and the pasta on my plate and the chicken on my plate. And see if we can get her to engage in the social world in getting her to eat more. But I actually think she's just the smartest little chicken around. And she's worked out that there's bread, yogurt, what was the other fruit. thing she was eating? And fruit, and pretty and much cheese. she'll get it. Hmm. And... She won't starve overnight, but boy, will she eat breakfast the next day. So I'd do it reasonably. Um, I wouldn't give her yogurt all the time because they can fill up on yogurt really quickly. And especially like even a banana. If you gave her banana and yogurt, she's done. And I think this one, um, you really just need to work out what your boundaries are and you need to stick to them. But you could also refer to Dr. Jen Cohen's um, web page or Instagram. She's the fussy eater doctor and she has some really good ideas too about it. But she even states with her children that she just had to go, oh no, this is the meal 
and this is what we're eating. But she can give some great little tips and pointers. So you might, you know, that might give you more avenue to what to introduce for her. Um, I often say that I'm here to demonstrate what not to do (laughs) now that my kids are older. And I think if I had one regret, it was that with food, because my daughter is still a fussy eater and she's seven, she's eating better now. But for years and years, we, we did and we still do to a degree, um, serve other meals if she wouldn't eat what we'd cooked. Yeah. And and because I was, same deal, scared that they'd wake up in the night hungry and yeah. wake me up and I'd just gotten through the baby year. So I'm like, stuff that, I want you to sleep. Um, but I do regret not um, having this philosophy mm. of what Chris is saying and what Jen Cohen says in the sense that, um, and I can't remember the person whose philosophy this is, yeah. but the idea is it's your job to provide a nutritious meal and it's Their up to them whether th- what they eat. eat. Mm. And so the idea about having something they like, but um, the one thing I did do right was that I always gave them broccoli. <laughs> so my kids eat broccoli. It's the only vegetable I Because the more they guaranteed. see it, the more they'll engage in it. And I didn't believe that. Yeah. I was like, stuff that I'm not giving it to yeah. them 25 times, but it is the only vegetable they eat. Mm. And so I kind of wish if I could go back in time, I would be a bit more strict with that. And kids are surprisingly just like, they will. They'll adjust to that. Yeah. And mine never did. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want to avoid five years of pain, Gemma, my advice. Don't play games. Yes. Sorry. Don't play games. Mine very is clever. don't be as short or to cook, which is what you were doing. Yes. Yeah. Still doing. Still doing. Fun. So, but um, uh, the French have a very good way because they sit down and they eat three meals and that's that's it. Yeah. So there is no this maybe mm. if and what's. And that, that book called French Children Don't Throw, Throw Food is true because they're actually rigid in that. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but children learn to eat Um and you just have to trust us that they won't starve to death and that they will engage in food. And we know that because socially they engage in food. Mm. So Good luck, Gemma. I know good it's luck. hard. Two-year-olds. Yeah, they're not eaters. easy. Uh, we have time for one last question. This is from Monica on Facebook. Um, Hi, Chris. First of all, my son's been sleeping really well, thanks to your guidance and oh, routine guideline. Thank, thank you, you so much from the bottom of my heart. This Glad is you Feel Good you, Friday. It is. It is. Um, my son is almost nine months. So far, I've been offering four bottles and three solids. Yep. I struggle to feed him full four bottles around 700 mils in 24 hours unless I monitor how much solids he eats. Knowing he should transition to three bottles in a day shortly, when is the right time to drop that bottle? Now. So now he's nine months old, I'd drop the bottle. And I wouldn't worry about the mills in the bottle now he's nine months months old. I'd offer him a bottle first thing in the morning when he wakes up, around lunchtime before he takes his lunchtime sleep, and then around the evening before you put him down at night. We roughly put in there about 180 mils in the day and maybe up to 240 in the evening one. But if he chooses to only drink 100 mils of that, that's up to him. So I think by dropping one bottle, I think you're going to get a much more even amount of fluid into him. And we let him self-regulate because he's at an age where we offer the cup with all of his meals and he can pick up a, you know, crawl over to a cup and pick it up and drink out of a sippy cup. So I think there's less about the quantity that's involved and more about the uh, the predictability of what we're doing. So I think right now, you, tomorrow, you could drop him down to three bottles. 
um, morning, lunchtime and evening. Um, his meals sort of feel like they're, they're bigger than the bottles at the moment. He should be more orientated towards food than he truly is about fluid. So I think it sounds like it's moving in the right direction. I think it's just that we need to drop one of the bottles, which is that 10 o'clock bottle. You want to drop that one. Well, um, thank you for the question, Monica. And that's all we have time for on Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, big thank you for all your questions. Chris, thank you so much for your time. And just before we go, I just want to say a big thank you to our producer, Debbie. It's her last day today and she's been fabulous. So she's been the one that's filtering all your questions through to us. So thank you. Big thank you to Debbie for all her hard work as well. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask your quest, bleh. if you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.